0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Kim Akrig, and we are talking about how to combine the metaphysical and the physical and manifest the business of your dreams. So today I have um, a super special guest. Her name's Madeline, and maybe you know her as Auric Alchemy, where she creates beautiful, natural perfumes that are infused with crystals. And on this episode, we are diving in About how to organically grow your Instagram, how to manage your energy when you don't feel like you're one of those people that just can hustle until they bleed, and a whole lot more. So, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, This episode is brought to you by my recently published book, How to Manifest Anything. So if you would like to purchase a copy and learn how to manifest anything, you can do that through Amazon, or you can find the link on my website, www.kimagrig.com. So without further ado,
1: let's get into the show. What's your morning ritual? It kind of changes every morning, but I would say I like to take things pretty slowly in the morning. So I usually wake up around 6.30. My partner wakes up at about 5 to go to work. So I kind of get woken up then and then I go back to sleep till about 6.30 if I can. It doesn't always happen. Um, And the first thing I do when I wake up is open the blinds because I do try to sync my circadian rhythm with natural light. Um, so I guess if anyone's listening and they don't know about that, if you sort of lay in a dark room in the morning, it can kind of trick your body into thinking it's still nighttime and then your whole kind of body clock can get thrown out a bit. So that's something I like to do. And then I lay in bed for quite a while. I take mornings quite slowly these days. Um, And then once I've been laying in bed, probably like half an hour, I'll get up and make a dandelion tea. So I don't drink coffee. I am terrible with coffee. (laughs) It makes me crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, I'm caffeine free life for me. Um, So I make a dandelion tonic with like some collagen and cinnamon, um, sometimes some uh, mesquite and just whatever I've got kind of in the cupboard. Yeah. And, um, yeah, then I'll bring it back to bed and kind of just look out the window and listen to a podcast or some music and yeah, just kind of decide what the day is going to look like, I guess.
0: I love that. I feel like, like when you have time to set your morning right in a way that feels good for you, like the rest of the day just goes so much better.
1: Yeah. And I think it's about knowing what works for you. Like I, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to sort of like wake up and you know do breath work and meditate and do this and do that and dry body brushing and yeah drink a green juice and like all these things and there's nothing wrong with any of that but it's like I think for me it was just ramping up my adrenals and really Mm. just putting more pressure on myself from the minute I woke up to kind of be on and be feeling like I was productive in some way like doing those things whether or not they felt good for me you know Mm. Yeah. So I think it's just listening to what's right on the day. And I feel like taking that space in the morning of like, at least an hour gives me a chance to like check in with my body and be like, you know, what's my energy levels today? What am I feeling? And how do I want to move through the day? You know, taking that into account rather than just being on autopilot.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I feel like it's so easy to hear so many people be like, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And then it gets really overwhelming. Because yeah. You're like, how am I supposed to do all of that? It doesn't even all feel good. Like,
1: Yeah. And I think like there are, I mean, we obviously work for ourselves, so we have, yeah. I can totally appreciate that my routine is completely different to when I used to work, um, you know, nine to five and things like that. But, um, I've definitely always been someone like my parents used to wake us up like early in the morning and I'm kind of grateful for that now because yeah, I don't know, I've never been someone that can really sleep in even if I'm like super fatigued or anything like that. So it's just learning like what works for you and obviously you just scale that back if you need to go to work early or you know, but I think like it's that thing of um that pressure on yourself like you said, you know, that can really just create more stress, so you know, it can be as simple as you know a cup of tea or something like that for ten minutes before you get the train or drive to work, and that can be enough. It doesn't have to be this whole one or two hour ritual session. You know.
0: <laughs> yep. Tell me about how did you start your brand?
1: So Auric Alchemy is my business, um, and I started that in. Well, it launched in April, twenty seventeen. So a while ago now, because like yesterday but um I basically so at the end of 2016 I was living in Byron Bay and I was working for a travel company and that was like 40 hour a week job sort of like a call center job um and I just started to feel really exhausted all the time and really stressed and I just knew that kind of like I was taking you know i um, so many phone calls today. I was going to say a million, but that would be very exaggerated. <laughs> um, but I was taking a lot of like back to back phone calls ev- all day, you know, and um, so I started just thinking about how I could get out of that rat race world, because even though like I was living in Byron, like it doesn't matter, um, you know, if your job is still burning you out, it doesn't really matter where you live you can still feel that. So, um, I started just like writing things down in a little notebook while I was at work on the side <laughs> and just kind of like scribbling out ideas that really made no sense at all. Like I'd had a couple of businesses before. Um, I used to sell like crystal jewelry that I got from India and I'd always felt a bit of that entrepreneurial spirit, I suppose, um, but I'd never really known how to execute it. Um, so the idea for auric alchemy, so for those who may not know, I create botanical perfumes. So that's natural alternatives to perfumes. Um, you can use it as a room spray or on your linen, um, in your car, anything you like. And basically it's 100% natural and they are infused with crystals as well. So the spring water that is in the sprays is infused with a crystal specific for that kind of um, alchemy I suppose of the benefits of what that spray might be so for example we have the dream spray which is infused with amethyst because amethyst is really beautiful for anxiety and calming and grounding so at the time I was carrying around this basket with me to work of like you know my drink bottle and all of those sorts of things and um I felt like I was just carrying around a lot of stuff like I was carrying around little crystals and essential oils and things like that and I just had this really random thought what if I could combine the two and I didn't know at the time if there were other brands or other people doing that or if that was even a thing so yeah I basically spent the next few months just sort of trial and error of what worked and in April in that time I moved home to Tasmania where I'm from originally And just started working on the branding, which is something I love to do. I love to get creative with um, graphic design and things like that. And yeah, April 5th, I think it was, 2017, it launched.
0: That's amazing. The dream one is my favorite. I just love how it smells. (laughs) (laughs) And like amethyst is one of my favorite crystals as well. So I'm just like, oh, it's everything good.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. I, I really started it with the intention for to keep it simple. Like I didn't want to overwhelm people that weren't familiar with any of that sort of stuff because I know it can definitely get labeled as a bit woo-woo and I've had to work through within myself the insecurities of I guess being taken seriously um, in, in not just like it's so easy in the wellness space. People just are like, oh yeah, of course, like crystal infuse this and that and there's no question about it. But Um, when you start to expand it out into the general public that aren't you know, living in Byron Bay or in these like little bubbles of wellness and crystals. um, Yeah, I kind of wanted to keep it simple with things like amethyst, which people were quite familiar with, even if they weren't really into crystals.
0: Yeah, I totally know what you mean, because sometimes you're like, how woo-woo can I get with people before they start to think it's like real weird? Yeah,
1: totally. And I think that's why I made the branding the way I did, because I wanted it to relate to people, whether or not they were into spirituality or into wellness or any of those things. Because for me, the strategy, I guess, behind that was if I could get people to aesthetically really appreciate it and really connect with it, then I'll get an opportunity to open it up to them, that conversation of, hey, like, did you know that your perfumes you may be using now? that also might be really beautifully packaged and everything are actually full of heaps of chemicals and not great for you. And then just start that dialogue without it being presented as a really um, spiritual thing that you need to be hold certain beliefs around philosophy or spirituality in order to connect with.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think it's like such an important intersect at the moment because there is a lot of like more spiritual stuff that I guess more mainstream people wouldn't exactly connect with, but if you can provide something that sort of like meets in the middle,
1: then I think people find it easier to relate to. Absolutely, and I think we do have to make it more normal, you know? Like mm-hmm. I think because I've lived in um places where like I said they are a bit of a bubble of these things and I think it was for me going back to Tasmania where I was like, oh, like, you know, that's not the case there in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, it's a very beautiful place in terms of nature and it really connected me back to my roots in terms of loving, you know, flowers and I grew up on seven acres and nature is abundant in somewhere like Tasmania but there isn't that new age spirituality um, you know, goop-esque kind of (laughs) vibe at all. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, I have some work to do around, you know, introducing this stuff to a broader audience as well because I don't want it to just be necessarily pigeonholed into you've got to meditate and you've got to do these things in order to enjoy this product and really feel the benefits from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like... Like I used to live in Byron as well. So I'm like, yeah, I totally get like, yeah, yeah, like I'm like, I feel like in Byron, you never have to explain this stuff to someone. But then I moved to the goal and I'm like, oh yeah, not
1: everyone's quite on board. yet. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think like, I used to press it onto people and push it onto people like, oh my God, you have to like, you know, do kinesiology, do breath work, do this, do that. And I still believe and use all of those things, but I I think as well, just getting older, I turned 30 this year and um, a bit more secure in who I am, I suppose. So I don't feel as much of a need to project that onto other people and, you know, rubber arm them into believing (laughs) in in whatever I I believe in. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's important, I think, to just appreciate whether people are into it or not. But in terms of the products, it's like, that's fine. You don't need to be. It still looks beautiful on your bedside table or your bathroom or your handbag. So just go for it anyway. <laughs> totally. Like I feel like before, I guess like all
0: the stuff that I'm kind of into, like law of attraction stuff before I'd feel so scared to talk about it with someone. Cause I'm like, they mm. don't believe it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need them to believe it. I just need to know what mm-hmm. I believe. And that's totally fine.
1: Yeah. And I feel like people then are drawn to you and ask you questions anyway, because Mm -hmm. you're just doing your own thing. You know, you're just like, you're not, I think there is something that it puts people off when you're preaching to them a bit too much about something. And for me anyway, I guess like being an Aries, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am kind of like that leader of the pack in some ways. Like I'm always seeking things out for myself. And I do do tend to kind of get a, a little bit turned off when people are sort of like you have to try this and you have to do that. And yeah. yeah, So I think part of my personality always felt like I didn't want to be like that in my business as well, which is why I like through the Instagram and the website, I do touch on things about spirituality and crystals and stuff, but not probably as much as people would maybe assume or expect that I would given Mm. that it's part of the product. But Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that's an insecurity as well in myself, Mm -hmm. like how much again, like You said, like, how much do I want to put out there? (laughs)
0: Totally. (laughs) Um, I love also on Instagram, like, you're so open with, like, the conversations you have with people and, like, your health journey. Can you tell me, like, a bit more about how you got into
1: sharing it? Yeah. So, a bit of a backstory. I'll cut a long story short. Um, But Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I moved home from um, Byron Bay to Tasmania at the start of, I think it was February 2017. So I left that job I was speaking about earlier with the travel company. Um, I think it was like Australia Day. So it was the end of January was my last shift and I was just so burnt out. And I thought, it's okay. Like I'll just take a couple of weeks off and I think I just need some sleep-ins and some time at the beach and I'll, I'll be fine. And then I'll just start looking for another job and maybe, you know, just go down to part-time or something like that. My intention was never to leave the job and then start my own business. That just Mm. happened. Um, and about a month went by and I just wasn't feeling any better. Like, to be honest, I was probably feeling Worse, it's like one of those things when you slow down, you realize how bad you actually feel. Mm. And um, so, I made the decision at the time to move home to Tasmania where I had moved away like 10 years earlier. So, it wasn't an easy decision to make, but I just didn't feel and I had enough support up here, like, yeah, to really just get through the day to be honest at some times. So, I went home to Tassie and, yeah, again, like, just. I, my health just kept declining. I was extremely fatigued. I had, I've always had, um, hormonal issues. Like I was on the pill for a really long time Mm -hmm. and, um, everything was just kind of like imploding, I suppose, all of that stuff that I'd kind of just hustled my way through in terms of like being exhausted and anxious. And, um, I've had, you know, times of depression as well through through that time. So, um, yeah, I, it was for the next year, I honestly got no answers. I went, went to the doctors all the time. They told me I had a virus. No one could really tell me what was going on, which honestly was terrifying at the time. Mm. And after about nine or 10 months of being in Tassie, I just realized I didn't have the practitioners down there that I really felt like I needed. Um, and it's just harder to, you know, like here on the gold coast, we have like acupuncturists and functional doctors and naturopaths everywhere. And it's amazing because you can just get into someone and really have that support to get the answers. So I decided to move back up to the gold coast at the end of 2017. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to be in Byron anymore. I felt like I really loved around Burley. So I moved into Burley and yeah, I guess I started to look for answers a little bit more up here. Um, I was having heaps of acupuncture and nothing was really working. So it was actually a whole nother year, all of 2018. Again, just basically long story short, it was chronic fatigue um, and a couple of genetic things that I have uh, going on. As well, which are all manageable, but not if nobody tells you how to manage them. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's so hard to like wrap it up into like a small segment. But (laughs) um, yeah, so 2018, I I was obviously working in the business in in Auric Alchemy, but um, not very much, to be honest, like maybe like two hours a week. That was about what I could work. The rest of the time I just spent in bed. And just, yeah, really exhausted. And I guess, like, when I look back now, I, I it is hard to not feel like, oh, I wish I got answers sooner and kept digging. But, you know, so much happened in that time in my emotional self and everything that I worked through, um, through having a chronic sort of dis-ease in the body at, at that time. And then in... Uh, I'm really bad with timelines. So yeah, (laughs) 2018. So I was just thinking now, I'm like, so it's 2019 and my partner always teases me about this. He's like, (laughs) you have no idea like about dates and stuff. Um, So in 2018, I did actually get some answers. So to rewind a little bit, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically still felt that same way, but I started to see a functional doctor and yeah, they they helped me understand, um, I think called pyrol disorder, which I have. um, And I have the methylation mutation, the MTHFR gene, and some hormonal imbalances. And all of this is kind of leading to that umbrella term of chronic fatigue. So in terms of being really open about it online, that just happened really naturally. Because I think, to be honest, like my business kept me going. It was a really tough two years of being essentially debilitated by the condition and just really not having any idea how I was going to get through it, and not really having any solid answers, even though I had answers. It's like, like you can't just take a tablet and those imbalances go away. You know, like I then all of 2018 for me was trial and error of supplements and um, infusions and all kinds of things. So I just started talking about it a little bit online and. It, I, I don't know, I think it's not an easy thing to do, to be honest, because people can interpret that however they want to, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um and I always hoped I was coming across in a way that was informative and I never got any bad feedback. Everyone was really um supportive. I guess it's for me, I'm like, Oh, I still have a bit of that, as Brene Brown would say, that vulnerability hangover a little bit mm-hmm. of you know. Yeah. You know, share too much, or or was it relatable? Um, so yeah, it's honestly been my saving grace having something like Instagram because so many people would reach out and be like, "I'm the same," or "I have endometriosis," or "I have um, adrenal fatigue," or any of these things that people are just living with every day that we just don't know about. Mm. And that that was the hardest thing for me was comparing myself, thinking that I was the only person on the earth that wasn't. Healthy, yeah and it's so easy to because I was living in share houses, and you know I was twenty seven at the time when it all started, so around me were a lot of people loving life and mm. doing really well, and I just felt like, okay, you know i I need to somehow connect with people in a different way that makes me feel like where i 'm at is okay as well, and just you know in different seasons of your life, you connect with different people and I hope that I can continue to talk to people about my journey with health and how it's actually been the biggest blessing. It's still something, you know, it may be a lifelong thing for me in terms of managing my energy levels and it's, you know, still a path to recovery, but I just think that conversation is really important. Absolutely. And I think,
0: did you post on Instagram that in human design you are a projector as well?
1: Yeah, I only learnt that recently. I was yeah, like, oh, nice. me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I love okay. that yeah. learning it is so much about
0: like learning how to manage your energy and knowing that like, like we live yes. in a generator world where like everyone else yes. is going to manage their energy differently and like you just don't have that energy source in the same way and it's not a bad thing. It's just about like being mindful of how you manage it.
1: Oh my gosh, like can- and I think that there does still need to be a lot more conversation around different personalities and (laughs) just different ways of being because yeah I had no examples of that like my parents are both self-employed and work really hard and you know I always admired that and really thought that for me when I went into business that I would follow those footsteps of 60-hour weeks or um, and not just through the example of them but you know, I lived in Sydney for a couple of years. I lived in Melbourne. I, I've been in environments where that was just, that hustle was really, um, praised and admired. And I always like from my early twenties felt like I was behind the eight ball and couldn't keep up And And I just, yeah, I always felt like when I think back now, a lack of confidence around that. So I would just hustle anyway. And that's why honestly I ended up In the health situation, I did. Obviously, it's not the same journey for everyone. Some people do really thrive on, you know, that kind of high energy Mm. lifestyle. Yeah. But I do think everybody, just because we're humans, requires downtime and Mm. requires that time to let themselves, let yourself recharge because. Like me, I was running off adrenaline for most of my life until I had none left. And then I realized, oh, that wasn't necessarily good energy I was running off. It was just energy that my body was trying to keep up with me and all of my expectations, both emotionally and physically.
0: Yeah. And I think, like, when you're an entrepreneur, like, you see so much, everyone's just like, you have to hustle, you have to hustle. And I'm like, but I feel like if I just keep going, like, I won't be sustainable. I'm like, I'm going to burn out. It's just not like there will be no business.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. I think honestly for the first probably 18 months that I had my business, I felt like a complete fraud. Like I knew to myself that I was working like five hours a week and yet I was keeping the business afloat. I mean, in the last financial year, just gone is when the business really took off. But, um, you know it was ticking along and it was just sort of self-sustaining and i couldn't figure it out i was like oh, okay i'm like not really doing much i'm just sort of doing what's required when it's required and then when i have a downtime i kind of just take advantage of that and it it was this weird like roller coaster of the ebbs and flows because uh, being i guess with all entrepreneurs but I find being a product-based business in retail, retail definitely has its ebbs and flows. And I, I just felt like even if I kept hustling, it didn't necessarily produce results, you know? No. It just felt like I was treading water sometimes.
0: Yeah, totally. Like just being busy for the sake of being busy is not always like productive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the idea of aligned action really mm. spoke to me when I started to realize that. And I guess that comes back to my morning routine or rituals, how I let the day unfold a little bit. Um, obviously still taking like proactive action and not just mm-hmm. being totally passive and like, oh, the universe will bring everything to me. But yeah. there is a balance, I think, between push and pull and mm-hmm. um, also, yeah, just, I don't know. I feel like when you don't allow any space, yeah, then the miracles can't appear. Totally. And also sometimes I feel like that hustle is
0: more coming from like a place of scarcity where you're not like, oh, I Mm -hmm. trust, like I'm taking the right action so the universe will meet me. You're just like, I'm terrified. So I'm just going to work all the time because then it has to work, which is like never a good place to work from.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. Like I can preach all of these things, but I still struggle with that because it's the society we're in and it does take – um, really discipline, I feel, to remind myself that I don't need to keep trying to go back to how things were mm. and to really just keeping my blinkers on, I suppose, and not looking at the hustle in because, you know, I know plenty of people, a lot of my friends are self-employed and that really works for them and it mm. really brings in what they what they love and what they need and, yeah, the comparison card is a very easy one to whip out at any time, Absolutely. and you know it 's a practice I think to remind yourself like yeah it 's fine you 're doing fine, do what you can and my partner always says to me is like i can 't believe how much you can get done in an hour or two of work and mm. I never understood that either, but I feel like it 's because I get these creative bursts, and yeah. I just get so much done and then I realize, okay, I need a nap and then <laughs> I have a nap and I'm like, I I, like, that's what I in an old job would have probably spread out over eight hours just to fill in the day. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, I turn my phone off. I put a podcast on and I work for a few hours and then I chill for the rest. And it seems to be working so far. (laughs)
0: I love that. I feel like I have a theory that like when you're a projector and you realize that you don't have energy to do like, eight hour days every single day, you become like very focused and really efficient at doing like a lot in a really short space of time. Because you figure out like all these ways that you can kind of hack your productivity. So you're like, okay, well, I'll just do all of this right now. And then I'll give myself like space to rest.
1: Totally. And I think it's interesting finding out the projector piece for me because during this uh, sort of phase or cycle of chronic fatigue, I've had to be very Uh, in tune with my energy levels Mm. and you know exactly what you just said is sometimes I can't work for a week at a time Mm. and running a business that has 30 stockists across Australia and an online store and you know there is a certain level of expectations that I have to meet so when I say that I go and chill the rest of the day, you know, like that's obviously once I've met those expectations mm-hmm. um, and stock, you know, I make all of my stock as well. So wow. yeah, it is a fine, it's a fine balance. And I think for me, I just realized like, it's so precious to have energy. It really is until you don't have it. You don't realize mm. it's such a gift and it's so, oh my gosh, like it just makes everything so much harder when you don't have it. So 100%. I really try to be present. And when I wake up, I do still have to seize those moments when I have energy because I don't know what that next day will bring totally. um, in terms of whether I'll need to rest all, all day or whether I'll be able to work. So yeah, my journey with business is just, I guess, a little bit different to <laughs> others.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it's like that. I think that's the beautiful thing about the online space. So it's like, you can always kind of find someone else who's had like a
1: similar experience and it stops you from feeling like you're the only one. That's why I think we need to talk about it more, you Mm -hmm. know, because that's the thing I heard the most from people was like, whether they like sent me a DM or in a reply to like any of my Instagram stories or anything was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. And it's honestly, that's why we need to have these conversations because so many people will be like, how do you start a business? And, you know, there's a million and one courses you can do these days. And there's so many incredible resources, but you've got to find what is going to work for you. Like in terms of like a space, for example, of like business coaches, there's so many business coaches out there. And I always felt like I wanted to work with one, but I was really terrified of having someone that would just like Tony Robb me and just Mm. (laughs) tell me to like you know get up out of the bed and do this this and this because you know obviously his approach really works for some people who really would be hyped up on that adrenaline but Mm. for me I was like I need someone who's going to understand that I want balance and sustainability I'm in the long game not not these kind of like short bursts of of a business and then I close it down because I burnt myself out again so Mm. I mean we met Uh, through Natalia Benson's online course. And she's really amazing um, with her spirituality entwined Mm -hmm. into business as well Yeah, and mindfulness and things like meditation and just all of those rituals that are really important to keep you going longer term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I love Tony, but so much of his work, he's like, take massive action all the time. And I'm like, but that's yeah. not me. I'm like, I'll take action when it feels aligned. And like, yes. I know that it's coming from the right place, but I'm like, not going to be sitting there like hustling for like 10 hours every day. Cause I'm like, that just won't work in my energy structure.
1: <laughs> that's right. And I, I like, yeah, nothing against anyone like him, or it's just yeah. as that example of a, of a, a model, I guess, um, because yeah he does incredible work with people who really resonate, and I think mm. there are people who really need someone to lead them, and mm. I, I guess that's where it really resonates and for me, I um, yeah I don't know it's just it's having no shame, I think is the important thing around yeah. who you are and how you're made totally. and obviously not pigeonholing yourself, you can always expand and grow and um, all of those really nice things. But yeah, just I think the conversation online needs to be a bit more a bit more transparent. And I think people mm. can sometimes just be a little bit nervous to do that. And yeah. we do have that tall poppy syndrome in Australia of mm. not being proud of people. Like I've always had this guilt around the fact that I have a successful business mm. where I work half the amount of hours was that I used to work earning the same wage yeah and yeah there's things like that where it's like okay like can I step up and own that that's my work to do on myself Um, Yeah, but yeah
0: absolutely it's like that whole thing of like I really think you step into success in your business when you understand your self-worth and can just appreciate yourself Mm -hmm. like as you are and that's when really things kind of open up for you
1: and what success is to you as well. Totally, You know, because for some people, that's a billion dollars and a private jet and a house in the Bahamas and all these things. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's mm-hmm. like, I definitely was, I had that kind of like analysis paralysis of mm-hmm. my business and my lifestyle because I was comparing myself to people who were setting goals to earn six figures within the next six months or whatever it might be. And I was like, I always just felt like I was falling behind. And when I came to realize, like, I actually really love a little, a pretty simple life. And Mm -hmm. I mostly just success to me looks like being healthy. It looks like being able to go for a walk and not be exhausted and, you know, have enough money for private health insurance. And, (laughs) you know, like to send my future children to school and those base needs are really important. And of course, you know, being able to just feel um, that security, I guess. So yeah. I really scaled it back and, yeah, asked myself what What am I aiming for? You know?
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important thing, especially when you get into business. Is you're like, what's my idea of success? Like, not for other people, but like, how do I define it?
1: Yes, like I love that Instagram has created this space where people could create a business. Like for example, I never could have created my business in the way that I did being bedridden for two years. You know, I, they just, it just would not have been possible. And I have so many incredible friends who are mums, and, you know, their success for them is being present for their children and also having creativity and a project for themselves and to bring in income in, in their own way. And it's just amazing what, what you can do now. And I think you just don't be afraid, I guess, to just start somewhere and scale down what success really is for you even right now for the next month or, you know, it doesn't have to be a five-year plan and just start somewhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you could tell yourself anything at the beginning of your business
1: journey, what would you tell yourself? Things take time. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and I being again that Aries I'm like definitely impatient in some ways Um, I just never realized that things would take as long as they do for example when I launched in that first week of April I remember sitting there with my mom in back in Tassie and I was like all right I'm gonna publish my website okay it's going live and we were both sitting there like imagine if you just get like 500 orders and it's gonna be crazy you know and like the reality was nothing happened for like two months mm. so it, and that's just because that's how it works you know and obviously there are brands that seemingly seemingly pop up overnight and then go viral and sell out of things but they're rare and they're not how most people in, in the community I'm surrounded by with um, entrepreneurs anyway kind of have that experience. So, yeah, things take time and be patient, keep working away on it wherever I can and, yeah, allow space for miracles, as they say. <laughs> totally. Totally.
0: And I think sometimes like everyone wants everything to happen straight away, like myself included, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like you rather have slow growth because that way you can learn from your mistakes on a smaller scale instead of like mm. growing too quick mm. and then like messing up massively because of it.
1: Totally. And like, you know, I, like I said earlier, I think we have about 30 or 35 stockists in Australia now. And I think we're at like 8,000 followers on Instagram. And, you know, it's interesting because I've got people following me that have been following me since day one Mm -hmm. and they've stuck with it. And there's that real connection there because I've never like bought followers or done heaps of like, Mm -hmm. you know, paid posts and things like that. That was just my choice because I actually used to work in social media marketing Mm -hmm. um, in Sydney for a fashion brand a few years ago and I saw the other side to it all and, um, I just wanted to do what I could to make sure I could maintain my connections, and all of my stockists have been with me from the start. Like one of my first ever stockists, Shadowbang, they're this beautiful apothecary store on the Central Coast they did my first ever wholesale order and I remember like the bottles leaked and it was just a nightmare and I was just like having teething problems with the lids and, you know, all these things I never prepared for and they were so understanding and just were like, it's fine, like you're learning, you know, and they have since sold it to some other girls and they still order today, like they put in an order yesterday. So I think really having that patience will generally help develop relationships that are really authentic and supportive rather than overnight connections that just forget about you in an instant, you know. So that's probably what I would recommend is just... Be patient. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Especially with Instagram, everyone wants to grow so quick. But I'm like, it's not the amount of followers you have. It's like the quality of those people and how they relate oh my to gosh, what you do. Yes. <laughs> like that number
1: have- is becoming more and more relevant every day. I feel like in 100%. terms of followers. like it's just not what it used to be. Like when I worked in social media years ago, I my whole job was to get the brand more followers, and it used to be so easy because influencers weren't even really called influencers then they were like bloggers or Mm -hmm. celebrities um and you you would see that translate into sales quite easily but in my experience whenever I've you know um done a competition or a giveaway or something like that with someone with a really high following it doesn't really always produce results Mm. and I don't know I think we're just all now a bit inundated with sponsored posts and things like that and I understand like Instagram is a business platform I use it for business and you know all of those sorts of things there's, I have no qualms with that being the reality of the world we live in but I do think as a business so many people focus on like you've got to have this many followers like as the business owner there's a lot of pressure to create that and I feel like I'm the perfect example like 8,000 followers is nothing in terms of the biggest scale of like brands with like hundreds of thousands of followers. But yeah, I have a basically a full-time wage from my mm-hmm. business and I have amazing stalkers to love me and what I do and my message and followers who engage with me. And it's like, that's all I could have dreamed of.
0: I think because I always say to people like if you don't know how to monetize when you have like less followers you're not going to know how to do it when you have more of them
1: like Mm -hmm. there's a
0: difference between like how many people there is and like how much of an income you're making as a business from it and it's like two totally different things
1: yeah it's not always as black and white of you know oh this many followers on this person's page means I'll get this many followers from a post from them or this many Mm -hmm. sales it's just not that clear anymore and to be honest it is a sort of I don't know it's a grey area in terms of being a brand I get approached all the time every day through emails of people wanting to collaborate in some way in terms of you know exposing my product to their audience and most of the time I politely decline and just Mm. you know say that unless we kind of have a bit of a connection through either we've talked in dms and I've sort of gotten to know them or they really represent the wellness space and things like that um I just don't I just don't do it and sometimes that can feel awkward or like oh did I just miss out on an opportunity but Mm. it all ends up working out
0: Totally. And I think sometimes it's like people don't realize like their audience is not your audience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I get approached by, I guess, like influencers sometimes cause like they want to shoot and I'm like, that's great. But I'm like, how is your audience going to translate into like me promoting my photography? Like I'm like, your audience isn't going to yes. come and hire me for photography work. So it doesn't yeah, make Yeah. Like spend. they follow
1: you because like they might follow that person cause they like their fashion and they buy mm. the clothes that they wear or whatever it is
0: yeah exactly so it's like really yeah yeah, making that distinction is important Um,
1: yeah I think especially in the wellness space in terms of you know I I, the last thing I want to do is give my product to somebody who then promotes some main a mainstream cosmetic brand potentially Mm -hmm. with that just goes against everything in terms of my philosophy of natural wellness and yeah so it, it don't be I think if you're a business out there that's starting out and you're really just sort of hungry for followers and things like that share more of yourself share Mm. your face share your story that's really what engages people these days because we're all a bit desperate for authentic connections
0: oh absolutely like I think more than ever especially as a business showing up on Instagram like people want to connect with you and your story Mm -hmm. like and it has to go beyond just Mm -hmm. like what you sell or like a service you provide mm-hmm definitely um so slightly different topic can you talk a bit about yeah it's so important for us to be conscious of like what perfumes that, like we wear and what we're putting on our body
1: well I wish I could say I was like some scientific expert in this field but um I worked in a health food shop for a year in Bondi and that was where I first we had a whole aisle of natural beauty and this is in four or five years ago now um And so it was relatively new for me. I was sort of in my early 20s. I'd just come off the pill um, and I'd actually just come off anti anxiety medication as well. And just moving to Bondi for me from Melbourne, just naturally, I just wanted to really, I guess everyone there's drinking green juices and going to yoga, which all of which I started doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wanted to start paying attention, I guess, to what I was putting on my body. I never have really been a big wearer of makeup. um, And Things like that, but you know, I used to get my nails painted all the time, and I guess, yeah, wear perfumes and skincare products and hair care products and things like that. I didn't really take a lot of notice of what I was using on my body, and it is really interesting for me to look back and think that that was a natural progression for me to start to question those things when the genetic stuff I mentioned earlier, especially with things like pyrrole disorder, can make you really sensitive to smells um, and toxins in things because my body doesn't clear toxins as well as it could. Uh, which, yeah, it's just interesting how like your intuition just starts to do those things. But I think there's, there's just so many, there's so many numbers and acronyms for ingredients on our products that we just don't understand. And a lot of them are for preservative reasons. So, they can sell things on a shelf and it can sit there for two years if it needs to without going rancid or going off. And it's just a bit scary to me and also how they made me feel. Um, I used to get headaches a lot from perfumes, even just if someone walked past me in the street or in my workspace, if someone was wearing something and I always just thought that was a bit odd because I didn't have that reaction from things like essential oils or, um, natural deodorants and things like that. So it was just a really natural progression for me to start. I actually threw everything out that I had in my bathroom and just started from scratch and just mm. was buying like a natural deodorant from the Bondo markets from this couple who made it. And yeah, I think like without honestly knowing like the science behind a lot of it, for me, I think it's just the fact that your skin is your largest organ, which a lot of us hear often, but you are putting it in a mainline stream into your body. And with the environment that we live in now, with our water being dirty, with fluoride and chlorine and our food being sprayed and our soil being really depleted of nutrients, it's just one of those things that to me seems like a real no-brainer to swap out, not putting something directly onto your skin every single day sometimes multiple times a day that's just not meant to be there. It might smell amazing and be long-lasting, but it's full of chemicals that just are foreign to our bodies. So you are making your body work harder to disperse those toxins through your liver, which it will do because our bodies are incredibly adaptive, but it just puts more of a toxic load onto your system. Yeah. So interesting. I think
0: I really became aware of this when I started using like a coffee body scrub and after the mm-hmm. shower, I would be like so energized just from like the caffeine yeah. that got absorbed into my skin. And I was just like, Oh my God, like that was on me yeah, for like I've two actually minutes. Had
1: that ha- I've had that happen as well. And because I didn't drink coffee, I was like, Whoa, like, okay, I can't do those at nighttime. I'm going to have to do that in the morning. <laughs> yeah. It's It's And it's crazy, like, you know, you can put something on your skin and it gives you a rash, like straight away your body's telling you, no, like it's rejecting it, it's pushing it up out of your skin and it's always, your body is always trying to give you those signals and to me that was headaches and dizziness from, you know, strong perfumes and I still experience that now, that's just how I am, I'm incredibly sensitive to smell and I guess in the good way it also means I'm incredibly receptive to the benefits of things like essential oils. Mm. Do you have like a favorite essential oil? It always depends on the day. It's mm. so incredible how it can link to your mood. Uh, like I love jasmine. Mm. Jasmine can be quite hard to get because um, it's usually in a carrier oil of Jehovah. But mm. for me, the smell of jasmine, which we're coming into spring now, uh, is just a reminder of my childhood. We had we had jasmine growing up all the side of our house, and that smell for me just makes me feel calm but uplifted and really feminine. And then I think next to that I'd have to say rose geranium. Mm, It just makes me feel really, again, feminine and just calm and, yeah, serene and uplifted at the same time. So I think at this stage, for me, I'm in a phase of, yeah, really harnessing that feminine side of myself, which is that really, I guess, like yin energy. Which can be good to balance out with that, like we were saying before, that hustle mm-hmm. sort of masculine energy when you're a business owner as well, it's very easy to fall back into that.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've been very conscious of this too lately. Like when I'm trying to balance like both of them, I'm like, okay, what crystals can I get that sort of support more mm-hmm. the feminine and like on my weekends, like how can I do yes. things that more support that energy and just be really conscious of it?
1: Yes. Well, like that's why I think I probably have been using the heart one for the last last like six months our heart mist mm. which is infused with rose quartz and as a lot of people know because rose quartz is really quite common and popular mm. um that for me is just it always makes me feel yeah just more girly in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> um because I'm not like a I, I'm not like a girly girl but not super um I can yeah as I said easily fall into that masculine energy of getting things done and um doing things So yeah, that has lavender and rose in it and some patchouli and a couple of other things um, with the rose quartz as well. So the heart mist is probably that really great one if you're wanting to tap into your sort of yin energy. Oh, I love it.
0: Um, I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, but do you ever feel like scared sharing like stuff about your personal journey and like, how do you overcome it?
1: Definitely. I'm, I mean, I'm a bit of an oversharer anyway. I always have been. <laughs> so I, I guess it's, um, it's a bit more natural for me than it can be for others. I know that it can be a very daunting thing for a lot of people. And I think it is just that learning the work through Brene Brown of the vulnerability in yeah. hangover and the courage piece really taught me that that feeling doesn't necessarily always go away and that doesn't have to be such a bad thing that in terms of, I mean, that feeling of what what do people think and they judging me. And honestly, the thought of people thinking about me in a certain way or judging me has been and is still one of, to some extent, my biggest hurdles in mm. life. Um, it's something I work on in therapy mm. and through kinesiology and various things like that because also having a business that's such an extension of yourself and my own story definitely is a vulnerable thing but I don't know it's just it can take one message from someone who's like thank you like I needed to hear this or um and it's obviously not always about like needing that external validation from other people because sometimes I'll share things and no one will message me and that's fine too you know like it's Just a way to connect with people, and I think it is that feeling the fear and doing it anyway because people are going to think what they're going to think, they really will, and you really can't control that. And that's something that has been said to me so much in my life. But I think now being 30 as well, I'm at that stage in my life where I'm like, okay, like this is who I am, this is what I love, this is what I'm into, this is what I believe, and yeah, I guess haters are going to hate, but (laughs) I guess I'm pretty fortunate. I don't, I don't attract a lot of that in that sense. Um, maybe because I don't know, I just, I am quite picky about who I follow online or Mm -hmm. surround myself with as well, which I think is really important. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think just don't give weight to people or comments or messages That just aren't respectful. Mm. You know, it's like, would you if you wouldn't speak to somebody like that to their face? You know, online can be such a space. Unfortunately, I haven't really had to deal with it that much, but I know for a lot of people, especially when they get a bigger following and things like that, um, they can get criticised. But yeah, I think it's just the nature. I mean, if 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 it wasn't for Instagram, it would be in the tabloid magazines. Like we see it everywhere. It's just it's just the nature of humanity unfortunately to criticize people for being vulnerable but I think honestly on the most most part in my experience it's always worth it and it's positive yeah absolutely
0: and I think something that always makes me feel better is just thinking like if someone is that mean to you they're probably worse to themselves so it just kind of helps me to not take it personal I'm like well they're just not happy so it's not my problem
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're just a moving target. You know, mm-hmm. you're, it's, it's you that like, as in what I mean by that, I suppose is that for you that day, for them, you were that day, the moving target for them mm-hmm. to project their crap onto. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't there, somebody else would cop it and no. the cycle continues, you know? So I think if someone's giving you feedback that is from a space where you can feel like, Oh, it's constructive feedback and they're mm-hmm. in a loving way and they, Genuinely have my interests at knee at, at heart, then you know you can choose to listen to that and give that more of your attention than someone who's just trying to tear you down. A hundred percent. What's something you've manifested recently, and what are you manifesting in the future? Recently, I manifested my dream house, Amazing. renting it, not bought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you have me on Instagram, you probably would have seen my yes. stories recently. It's a very beautiful house. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah. I actually found the list the other day that I wrote down back in April. So we knew our lease was up at our other place, um, in August. So we had a few months to prepare, which was nice. And I wrote down everything I wanted and I just left it. Like it really was one of those like things in the moment where I was like after a meditation or something. And I was like, okay, I want floorboards. I want natural light. It was specific, but not too specific where it was like, okay, it has to be really like tick all these boxes. It was more about feeling into mm. what it would feel like to be in the space, Yeah. which apparently I here is the key with manifesting. Yep. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, like feeling into it. So I imagined myself like, I love natural light mm. and I need to be in a house with a lot of natural light. And I love floorboards because they are so easy to style with and yeah. they just Reflect the light really beautifully, and um, I wanted a backyard because in our previous place we had um, like a little backyard, but we had a pool and stuff, and that wasn't really a priority for me in this new place because we want to get a dog eventually, so it had to be mm-hmm. pet friendly. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just had a few things, and that the, the crazy thing was that I wrote on there um, it a dollar amount of how much it needed to be a week, and okay. I it was a bit of a step up from what it was about $50 more a week, um, what I was paying at my other place. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like that's okay. I'll make it happen. And then this house was actually on the market for about three months online and it just wasn't being rented out. So it was weird. Like we, we ha- kept our eye on it, but it was over our budget by about $30 a week. Mm. And, and time went on over like two months. And I was like saying to my partner, I was like, this is weird. Like this house is really beautiful. I wonder why it hasn't been taken and um we're kind of were like oh but it's just that bit much out of our budget so I'm not gonna push it and then we decided to inspect it and we just weren't finding anything else and we came and looked at it and I was like oh this is like exactly what I imagined but I didn't get that really instant feeling of like I love it it kind of had like pretty horrible furniture in it Mm. and it was a bit smelly because the guy hadn't been living in it for a while so I was kind of like okay haven't got a clear vibe on it yet but um the real estate agent said oh what do you think and we're like yeah it's it's really nice um but it's a bit out of what we'd be happy to pay and then she was like oh well what do you want to pay and I said the amount I ended up emailing them a few days later and I said the amount, which is what I had written on my list on my manifesting list, which I actually didn't realize till like two weeks ago. Um, and I said, okay, you can have, Oh my God. I just got chills. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like it was and like, as you know, on the gold coast and like everywhere renting, like you don't get discounts on rents like that
0: does not happen. It doesn't happen. Um,
1: and I was, no, I was like saying to, um, our other housemate Josh because there's my partner and I and then our housemate Josh and he was like oh I think you should you know just say this price and it was like I just was like there is no way they're gonna agree to that it's nearly $50 a week less than what it's advertised for that's a big drop we're in Palm Beach on the Gold Coast which is like a very up and coming now like there's a lot of people wanting to rent around here and they were like, yeah, that's fine. And the other thing was we had five weeks until our lease was um, finishing. Mm. So I said to them, look, we have five weeks left and we can't afford to obviously pay five weeks of double rent. And they said, that's okay. We'll hold it for you for five weeks for free. So (laughs) it, it was just like, okay, I'm going with this because this is just not, and I've rented like probably 30 plus houses over the last like 12 years and I've never had a situation like that. So yes, it was very fortunate. And then as soon as we moved in here, I just felt my whole nervous system relax and just feel really, it's got a really peaceful energy about it. Everyone that's come here is like, wow, it's really just quiet and peaceful and um, I really needed that and working from home, my space is really important to me. So that was, the most recent thing because we've been living here about a month now um and in terms of what I'm manifesting next I mean besides like thriving health which is always like something I'm working on manifesting I really in the next this is a longer term one probably in the next 12 months I'd really love a commercial space for auric alchemy um to be able to expand and maybe have a little showroom and just have a space because I, I like working from home. It's working from home has been incredible for me to work with my energy levels and you know have easy access to my, my work. But um I'm also feeling that I would really love to have a place to go to to go to work as well. Um I think in my own recovery that would be really important to get me back out into the world a bit in that way. So that's the next hopefully in the next 12 months.
0: Amazing. Um, all yeah. right, a couple rapid-fire questions for you. Yes. Um, your favourite book?
1: Um, I really love Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I don't mm. know if I can swear on you. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's> fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that book, again, for what we were talking about, people judging you and things like that me. I probably have a couple of books. At the moment I'm reading Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you read that?
0: No, it's on my list though.
1: Yeah, I've heard, I've owned it for two years and I only picked it up in the last month. Um, It just didn't make sense to me until now. So, um, that's what I'm reading at the moment, which is really good if you're into science yeah, um, and the quantum field stuff, so you know, that science <laughs> meets spirituality, which is kind yeah. of where I'm at. Yeah. I'm yeah. into the whole, like, give me some proof stuff at this point. Yeah. Um, and then any Brene Brown, I, yeah. Um, and then yeah, Brene Brown, I have all of her books. So, yes, um, yeah, she's a great one. Mm. to go back to she's like this motherly figure I think that just gives you that sort of confidence boost to just have courage to move through the world in a bit more of a vulnerable way totally yeah her work is just so beautiful like I love
0: everything she's done and she's funny I love it she's she's funny funny too yeah she just makes it like a big topic so easy and approachable in a way
1: yes her Netflix special makes so they cry it was just like <laughs> crying with laughter and like sadness of like yeah. oh I love you 100 percent um what's your favorite crystal to work with I would say amethyst mm. um yeah from when we spoke earlier it's just it's such an all-rounder beautiful crystal for grounding protection um calming anxiety I find for me I love the purple color of it really I find that really calming Um, and it's the first crystal I ever owned so I think it's always held that special place for me
0: Totally, it's one of my favorites as well (laughs)
1: Um, yeah I think I I recommend it to anyone who's like wanting to start out with crystals the other one to that would be black tourmaline or smoky quartz Um, yeah either one of those two yeah I think um, I have a beautiful big smoky quartz Actually, where I think it's out, like, by our TV. Um, and, yeah, I really love that for clearing EMFs and, again, like, grounding and clearing a space. Yeah. Yeah, it's so powerful. And your sun, moon, and rising signs. So my sun sign is Aries. Mm-hmm. My moon sign is Cancer, which I loved finding out because – I personally connect with that so much. Mm. Um, It makes so much sense as to why I'm such a homebody and (laughs) why I make my space at home such a sacred space uh, and why I'm probably so highly emotional as well. Um, And my rising is Gemini. Ah, amazing. Yeah, which I never knew until I got that CoStar app a couple of months ago and it did my like full um, chart and, yeah, it told me my rising and then it tells you, like, everything else but I can't remember those. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. It's a, a lot of stuff to
1: go into. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: amazing. I
0: always feel like when people find out their sun, moon, and rising, like, they kind of, like, identify with one of them the most and it's, like, not always your sun sign.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I'm, like, being Aries, I mean, that made sense to me in my really hustle years of, like, being the leader and kind of like the innovator in some ways, like, and just very fiercely independent and just doing my own thing. Um, I really identified with everything I used to read about Aries, but I don't know, like, I don't necessarily, I think in my business, and I think that this is actually how a lot of them are broken down anyway. Like, how you present to the world versus like how you are in certain aspects of your life. Like in my business, I feel like I'm in Aries because once I get an idea, I cannot let it go and I just have to get it done. Like I can manifest a a new product within like two hours. And I guess when I say manifest, it doesn't just happen. Obviously it's just, (laughs) I have the idea and that conception of the idea to like the final product. I just, I'm like a dog with a bone. I just am like, I've got to get it done. And um, that has always been, something I've really highly identified, um, with, but in terms of like, when I found out the moon sign was cancer, I was like, ah, oh, cause I'm very introverted. Um, I love being at home. I always feel really safe at home. And I've always, even though I've lived in like 30 something houses, my bedroom has always been a space. I've put a lot of effort into creating like a bit of a vibe within, you know, with like salt lamps and diffusers and, books and things like that Um, and being highly empathic, not to say the other signs aren't, but like I know that um, when I'm in a bit more of my Aries ways, I think I'm just charging through things a bit more and not necessarily taking emotional stock of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that Cancer moon sign is definitely when I'm feeling like, yeah, that watery kind of like I love a good cry basically. (laughs) Hello, and yeah Gemini I don't Gemini I know have a bit of an interesting rap but my boyfriend's actually uh, a Gemini and I don't know he's great so (laughs) I don't know what all the talk is about about Gemini's being like a bit crazy in some ways but um I actually yeah I should look into that and see how that kind of presents for me
0: yeah I feel like because i think gemini is all about communication i feel like whenever i go through mm. your instagram like mm. you communicate really well and like also bringing
1: back like that cancer yeah. side like you communicate emotions really well oh that's really interesting thank you yeah i and it's interesting cuz the thing with my partner and i is that we're massive talkers i mean like mm. as you can tell today i don't struggle to like hold a conversation <laughs> yeah. um and that's a massive love language for us is communication and yeah. we love to, you know, talk about all things in the world from spirituality to I mean, he's not a spiritual guy at all. <laughs> he's very <laughs> science based. Yeah. Um, but we love to like, you know, have really deep conversations and I think the day we first met we spoke for three and a half, four hours or something. So um yeah, we definitely have that as a big, strong tie in our relationship, which makes sense if I've got that Gemini in my chart as well. A hundred percent. Because I
0: feel like with the air signs, like they're all about communication and talk. Because like I'm an Aquarius and that's an air sign too. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, if I know I connected with someone, I'm like, yeah, we can talk for hours. And the rest of it becomes less, not less important, but like that's the thing you'll focus on.
1: Yeah, totally. Because I think it's not like that for everyone. Not everybody... Loves to communicate, and I guess like yeah, I love to write and just all that expression. I think is something that really makes me feel alive. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All mm. right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was so much fun. Oh, a pleasure. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I've, yeah, I said to you earlier when we weren't recording that, um yeah, I've really been wanting to start to do some interviews and share my story more and. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll keep doing that online and yeah. keep bringing everyone along with the journey. Love it. And where can people find you online and Instagram? So um, um, you can find me on our website, which is auricalchemy.com.au. So that's A U R I C, like your aura, um, alchemy.com.au, and at auric underscore alchemy on Instagram. Amazing. So there you have it. Head on over to the show notes on
0: my website to find um, the link to Madeline's Instagram and her website where you can purchase the amazing perfumes that she makes.
1: And I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.